to Buy Positive. These are your hosts, Mari and MD. And today we'll be talking about a topic that is very close to our hearts, queer baiting. So for those who don't know, queer baiting is the practice of television shows and movies putting in a little bit of subtext to make people kind of think that maybe these two characters are gay, lesbian, bi, queer, whatever, but then they basically throw that in and take it all away. The character turns out to be straight, or it's never discussed, or, you know, whatever. And there are many examples of, of, of queer baiting, and we actually threw out a, a little bit of a invitation onto our Twitter uh, to invite people to give our best their best examples of, of queer baiting. And at Apple Writer said that it, um, they didn't like the, uh, the queer baiting in the rebooted Doctor Who series. Sherlock uh, and both Sherlock films with with uh, Downey and Jude Law and they also said I hate I hate queer baiting queers deserve so much more than crumbs which we do so thank you for that Apple writer and then the TQAW podcast uh, also added DSTL and Supernatural to that and I think Sherlock and Supernatural are the two things we will be discussing a little bit later because these are huge examples and they've gained a lot of traction and friction in the worst way possible on on live journal and, and tumblr and the like um but before we go to that do you have anything to add <laughs> just that now but the list is very long of yeah creating. it's also in the world we live in today the problem of the interaction between uh showrunners uh or producers studios and the public that this actually goes through social media it makes things worse yeah it does and uh, could you give us I mean the, the ultimate the, example. <laughs> I mean there's I mean there's two examples of that and about the studio like really pithing fans off. You have like the very recent example of uh, Pitch Perfect uh, 3 and the whole Be Chloe thing. So with I mean it seemed that the whole lesbian subtext or I would say bisexual but probably both they would probably both be both bi if let's just say queer. Let's just, just queer. Yeah, use because that umbrella. <laughs> Because, yeah, because we don't know, of course, because it never really went there. So the whole um, subtext was probably maybe not intentional in the first movie, which I don't believe because nobody makes that kind of shower scene without True. it being non-intentional. So, but they, they really had those, they went to, to, to length in the third movie that is really problematic because for what we know, there was a kiss filmed. And the actresses were really on board with the ship, as well as other people in the team. But the studio was against it, and they chose a different ending. Uh, some editing of the movie is a little bit weird, too. So they clearly uh, went to the straight route, but they used queerbaiting, like literally queerbaiting, for the promotion of the movie. Yeah. Uh, they had an, a nearly kiss that was used as a promotion, and there were also this uh, whole, they, were, they, they actually uh, had a little uh, clip promotion because it was around Christmas. They were, uh, the, this moment where uh, it was the 12th day of Christmas, and they, they had, they replaced the image of a straight cannon ship with B. Chloe. There's two versions of that clip, and, and, and they changed it to it be actually cremating. So it's very, very, very problematic, and it's also very... It's also, it's also uh, really a shame, anyways, yeah. because everybody was on board, but some people at Universal that got scared, probably. And I think that uh, 
because I, I actually watched the movie a couple of weeks ago, and you could see that it's very in your face with the queer baiting, even in the movie itself without like the promotional mm -hmm. stuff. Because there is one specific scene that I was just like, I had to pause the movie and be like, the fuck is this? And that was when uh, Chloe kind of backs Becca into the wall, and her hands end up on Becca's boobs. And I'm like, how, if this was a, like, if they, if they were replaced with a straight couple, this would be a shoe-in for a potential, you know, comedic start to a relationship in the movie. But because they're two girls, apparently it's normal that we touch each other's boobs all the time. But if you think about it, in the three movies, if it was a, a girl and a guy, it would have been clear it was a romantic thing. And and I think even when they shoot that scene, they probably were in for a Bikloi ending, which was what, for what we know, the actresses wanted. Yeah. And and for what has been publicly said, it, it it's yeah it seems to be the case. So it makes sense that they would do that, mm -hmm. which would not have been queer baiting if they had had their way. Yeah. But it's it's really it's it's just uh, it's it's just a shame, but also a very example of uh, how we can uh, see things differently because there's a whole subtext subtext that yeah. we're going to talk about about that. And the other um, main example of problematic interaction. Um, between the showrunner studio and the public is uh, what happened with the hundred and and Lexa and Klaxa and Clark and Lexa, and th th this is not queer baiting because it's uh, I mean the the lead of the show is bisexual the 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 couple were there they they, they, they the love story were there but they killed Lexa after after they said very clearly uh, to the fans that nothing would happen to her. Uh, and because, of course, they needed that, those fans who are very, very much engaged, and we're also talking about queer women who are very uh, present online and make noise online and social media and and that see that they are needed to, to, to advertise the show, but also just disregarded, and it's very hurtful. Yeah, and I think I think what you mentioned, it's, it's also kind of demeaning in the way that queers and queer women in general are so thirsty for some kind of content that we are supposed to be satisfied with with being thrown a bone and then they can take it away and we should still be cool with it which is no that's not how representation works and that's not how demand and, and consumption works in general but you know we can we can agree to disagree with the studios <laughs> on the male side of things things are a little bit more um there's more examples, and I think they're a little bit more in your face. I've already mentioned um, DSTL on Supernatural, so Dean and, and Castiel the Angel, which were kind of like, there was a lot of sexual tension from the very first appearance mm -hmm. Castiel had on the show. And they actually had the, um, there was a musical episode, which I think was the 200th episode of the show, where they very clearly addressed the fact that they are aware of the fandom and they're aware of the different ships in the fandom. But it was done in a very, like, comedic way, which on the one hand was funny, like, I did laugh during the episode, but on the other hand, thinking back on it, it's like, it's a little bit demeaning in the way that, yeah, we're gonna give this to you, but not really, kind of thing. Another example of specifically that is Sherlock, of course, the BBC show, where um, Stephen Moffat, already a very problematic personality in television in general because of certain comments he's made about women and, and, and race, but the fact is that the creators of the show are very aware of, of how much people ship John Locke, and it's become sort of a running joke in the show of John being like, oh no, we're not gay, 
when and and they're very clearly pitting that towards towards the audience and it's 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 very problematic in 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 that way and sort of going off of sherlock is house because it's kind of like the same source material house was very also quite queer baity especially towards the end because i don't know spoiler alert at the very end of the show uh wilson who is the uh house equivalent of john watson discovers that he has brain cancer and um house basically fakes his own death and swoops in on a motorcycle and they ride off together into the sunset as friends which is like sure whatever uh it's very weird for a show that has an openly bisexual character yeah that's and, true and it's it's sometimes some decision or not really I, understandable. I think that's the that's the issue like it was an openly bisexual but non-main character yeah that's yeah. fine yeah you can't fine. have a main character that's queer that's too much and also merlin i know a lot of people love this show um but there's there's a lot of sexual tension between the leads so merlin and arthur and I think a lot of people know the legend. Most people know the Arthurian legend. It's obvious they weren't gay, at least from what we know. Um, but the fact is that uh, the BBC played it up. And I do believe that the BBC has a tendency to do those things. They're a little bit notorious for mm. kind of catering to the queer audience, but not completely. Also because it was, you know, what was acceptable at one point. Like we, we wanted also to talk about uh, Xena. Yeah. And at the time, okay, it was all subtext and not so much subtext because sometimes it was clearly... I mean, there was a kiss. They kissed, they kissed. I think one of them was possessed by a man or something at the point, but... I yeah, mean, possessed by a man. I don't know. It's called bisexuality. It's, 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 <laughs> anyway, at the time, it was pretty aggressive mm-hmm. and it was queerbaiting without it being because it was not that easy. To have like portray in a which was also kind of it was a show that was also to get it like the, the main audience was more younger people like kids teenagers so of course it was at the time very complicated to have like openly queer character so it was as good as we could get at the time so it was a kind of okay but today it's not okay anymore yeah agreed and you also wanted to talk about Bended Like Beckham and Supergirl. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, uh, that's... I haven't seen those, so you yeah, have see to the, Yeah, I know, the, the Bended Like Beckham. It's also, like, about missed opportunities. And I have very mixed feelings about that movie that I really liked. Also because I did play football, soccer, for um, American uh, audience uh, back then. And and honestly, the, the, the romance between the two leads, girl, would have made so much more sense than with the guy yes, does <laughs> uh with the guy but also the, this line about the one of the girls saying like it's not because i play soccer and football and depending on where you live and i have <laughs> short hair that i'm i'm a lesbian which i actually enjoyed at the time because it was okay it's against stereotypes and it's um and it's nice but also i was a bit uneasy about them addressing the thing so they knew that it was there but it's not there and yeah, a lot of missed opportunities there, and and the whole Supergirl thing is about the whole problem of subtext and what uh, fans see in a in a in a show. Because I mean, Supergirl, you have those uh, very very I don't think good queer character, gay lesbian character that is uh, Alex Supergirl's sister, with a very well written coming out uh, storyline. Although stuff were more problematic, but whatever. Uh, and there's a whole Supergirl thing, the p- potential relationship between Supergirl. And Lena Luthor, and and honestly, and it, it's a little bit weird because the cast actually kind of mocked the whole ship at the last last year uh, Comic Con in a way that was not very nice, at least for the from the lead from uh, Melissa Benoit. 
um, Benoist, sorry, <laughs> she's uh-huh. not French, uh-huh. uh, and it was, it, it's, a, it's a really weird situation because when you watch the show, you say, okay, it's not just subtext, it, it's a kind of situation where you don't know if you get crazy by seeing stuff, or uh-huh. if it's there or if it's not there, because, okay, Katie McGrath, who plays Lena Luthor, Lena Luthor probably, I mean, she probably doesn't know how to play straight, <laughs> but we talk about that in the next episode, and... And there are also parallels of which she's, you know, Supergirl is carrying Lena bridal style. Mm-hmm. It's not neutral. No, it's not. It's not neutral like, at all. Again, imagine if it's that was friendship. two men. It's... If that was two men. Yeah. Can you imagine that? If, 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 if Supergirl was Superman, it would clearly be a sign of them. Yeah, it would be like the whole... Lois, it's, the it's Lois a Lois Lane, thing. Yeah, right? scenario, so yeah. it's... It's, so it's very, very confusing, and, and it's, and it's well, want to tie all of that into mental health, mental health issues. It's a kind of situation where, you, okay, you don't know. It's very invalidating, because you don't know, what am I, am I imagining things or not? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, are you playing with me? Maybe I do deserve to be played with, because something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of thing you can internalize from that experience. Mm-hmm. And also, um, and you know that I've researched that kind of topic for my thesis, and one thing that came up is how much, uh, I mean, women, because it was target, or the focus of my thesis on women, but yeah. how, how much relieved they were in the situation, for example, of uh, Klaxa, Klaxa and Clark, where there was some kind of build-up and fans starting to see things. Mm-hmm. And for once, it was not, I'm a, it was not on... Uh, Crazy! It's just <laughs> yeah. They actually went there. It was okay. I saw it. The build-up was there. I saw it, and it's validating. It's incredibly validating. Yeah. So when it happens, it's it's in 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 this idea of representation matters, and when uh, and uh, can help queer people that uh, recognition, the build-up, seeing the couple happening, the ship happening. It's very 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 validating and very important. And the and the whole creating thing is really hurtful. And I think uh, one of the one of the issues that I really wanted to address in this, and that is coming from my otaku anime side, <laughs> is that there is a whole culture built around queer baiting in specifically in Japanese anime, mm-hmm. and it's you know the fujoshi culture that caters to young women who enjoy watching mm-hmm. men um, in those kinds of relationships, and most of the time it's. You know, just subtext, just because they're, the, the broadcasting laws in Japan are quite strict, and also because people don't want to lose money by going there, uh, which is understandable because of internalized homophobia and societal pressure and stuff like that. But the thing is, I've noticed that there's a huge pattern with like sports anime being particularly like homoerotic in a way that I think is quite glaringly obviously in your face. And the two examples that I have of that is Haikyuu to a lesser extent, the volleyball, the new one, the new volleyball mm-hmm. anime, the newer. And uh, of course, the worst, best and worst example of that is Free, which is a swimming anime, which is basically a bunch of topless dudes touching each other on screen and being wet, literally, <laughs> all the time. And the thing is, it does get super, super in your face with it. Like, the, the trailer for the... Uh, the last uh, movie came out recently and they were literally shopping for an apartment together and bickering like an old married couple and I was like come on because I know it's never gonna happen and that's part of the game other examples which are super problematic include um Black Butler which is a fantastic show it's very pretty but there's a lot of homoerotic 
I don't even know if it's subtext. The issue is one of the characters is a thousand-year-old demon, the other the other character is a thirteen-year-old child. So there's a yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very wrong. Yeah, That's and if you look at the wrong. fan art, it gets wronger. More wrong? Yeah. Well, anyway, it gets worse. So it's queer baiting and it's perpetuating uh, hurtful stereotypes. Less, I, I don't know if it's less problematic, but another problematic example of that is Orient High School Host Club, which is an anime that I grew up with. And it's it's a show about uh, a bunch of young, rich young men who run a host club in a high school that caters to young women who come in there and like go on fake dates with them, basically. And there's a lot of homoeroticism in that already. <laughs> But there is a couple of twins who literally put on shows and use their twin imagery as a selling point to a romantic extent, saying things like, you know, would you drink tea if you drink it from my lips or stuff like that, which, you know, when you're a 13 year old girl watching it, it's super exciting and you're like, ah, but now <laughs> you, yeah, you take inside. a step back, it's like, this is incest. <laughs> Number one. And number two is just super problematic because they're selling it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the way the show is selling it. It's, it's not good representation. No, not at all. No. But the thing is, that's what, that's what I was getting at, is that there's this whole culture of queer baiting being a selling point in anime that I think a lot of people in Western cultures aren't really aware of because they aren't aware mm -hmm. of, of the genre or the, the medium by itself. But that's 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 the fact is that you know anime is getting more popular in the mm. Western world right now, and a lot of people have problems with with the things that are starting to come in. So I don't know, is it part of the culture or is it something that should be fought against? I don't understand. And also, <laughs> you could tie it with a it's it's about the the fetishizing of of um, of non straight sexualities. Yeah, that's basically what it is, and I think part of it is the excitement and. At least, particularly for for anime and, and and in Japan in general, it's the fact that it's quite taboo, mm -hmm. and it's also quite poetic, mm -hmm. uh, in 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 all senses, right and wrong. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's elevated to something that it's not, which is, you know, it's just two people being in a in a relationship in a loving romantic relationship, but you're putting it on a pedestal and making it into something super artificial, just for the sake of displaying it. Yeah. And selling. And selling things, yeah. So it's queerbaiting. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what it is. So, is there any other example that we missed? We probably have missed a We've lot. We've missed a lot. So let us know in, in on our Twitter if if there is one example that you particularly think we should have talked about. Uh, otherwise, please subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. We're also now available on Google Podcasts. And we will see you next week. Bye.